You are listening to EE Times On Air, and this is EE Times Current. I'm Eric Singer. Today's podcast is sponsored by Synopsys, powering the new era of smart everything from silicon to software. Today's feature interview is with John Swanson, the HPC controller and Datapath product line manager in the solutions group at Synopsys. We discuss the long-awaited breakthrough of 800G Ethernet technology and the crucial role of industry standards in driving its adoption. John provides expert insights into the technical details of 800G Ethernet and how industry standards are enabling greater interoperability. First, here are some headlines we are covering in EE Times. Google researchers published a paper last week discussing the performance of its homegrown TPU-V4 AI accelerator chips, which garnered a lot of attention. In the paper, the researchers compare the performance of their chips with market leader NVIDIA's GPUs. This has been reported as Google reveals its newest AI supercomputer, says it beats NVIDIA, according to CNBC, amongst others. However, the researchers are not claiming the TPU v4 outpaces NVIDIA's current-gen flagship AI accelerator, the H100. Instead, Google is comparing its TPU v4 to the previous-gen A100. NextFlex, a membership institute whose mission is to work with companies to advance flexible hybrid electronics development and manufacturing in the United States, has issued its most recent call for projects. The project call is funded with $4.4 million in Department of Defense money, an amount which is expected to grow to an estimated $9.4 million in value with the participants' matches. The deadline for proposals is May 11th, but a required cover sheet detailing the applicant's name, a general idea of their project, and amount of funding requested is due May 4th. Tokamak Energy, an Oxford-based company building commercial fusion power plants using spherical tokamaks with high-temperature superconductor magnets, has achieved ion temperatures greater than 100 million degrees Kelvin, or 8.6 kiloelectron volts, with its ST40 compact high-field spherical tokamak, a crucial milestone in fusion technology. Ion temperatures more than 5 kiloelectron volts have not been previously attained in any spherical tokamak and have only been produced in considerably bigger devices with far higher plasma heating power. Find all these stories and more on eetimes.com. If you're on this episode's webpage, there are direct links to these articles. Subscribe to EE Times On Air and EE Times Current Podcasts by clicking the subscribe button at the top of today's episode page or searching EE Times On Air on all major podcast platforms. John Swanson is the HPC Controller and Datapath Product Line Manager in the Solutions Group at Synopsys. John has worked in the development and deployment of verification, integration, and implementation tools, IP standards, and methodologies used in IP-based design for over 25 years. His assignments have encompassed engineering, methodology, business development, and marketing. John has also been involved in various standards activities, including chair of the Verification Technical Working Group in the Spirit Consortium, represents Synopsys on the Power.org Technical Subcommittee, and is active in many IEEE and consortium groups today. John, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So our listeners may only be familiar with 
800G in a fairly broad sense. We know it's a very high-speed networking technology. We may know it's fiber optic base. We may even have heard about replacing aging segments of the internet backbone, subterranean underwater cables being replaced that are nearing the end of their life cycles. Can you give us sort of the 10,000-foot view of what 800G technology is for those of us who aren't as intimately familiar with it as you are? Sure, not a problem. And I think, I mean, that's a, that's a good introduction. It is initially deployed in the backbone of the internet. So cables are a great example. But what it is, it's twice the rate of any previous standards. So we are using 100 gig certies now. They're actually 112 gig. That combined with a PCS and the Mac make up an Ethernet subsystem. And with 100 gig certies, we can have the cables built to support a by 8 configuration. And that's what makes economic sense. So these are brand new standards. The CERTES was just ratified. And the 800 gig, which has actually been around for a while based on a, a standard from the Ethernet Consortium, is being ratified by the IEEE. We're at draft 1.1. I expect it to be ratified at any time with no further changes. So it's a way of moving a lot of data very quickly is, is fundamentally what it is. You won't be seeing it in your home. Right. <laughs> it would be nice for the IP business if you would put 800 gig in the home, but the reality is if you check the speed of what you're getting from your internet provider, you are not getting 800 gigs. So we're we're out at the edge where I'm sitting at here. So. Yeah, the, these are big old pipes. So you've touched on a few things that I want to revisit. We'll try to take those one at a time because there's so much exciting stuff around this issue. So let's talk a little bit more about some of the other key benefits of 800G technology and go a little bit deeper into how it compares to previous Ethernet technologies in terms of both bandwidth as well as reliability. Yeah, so bandwidth, it's very simple. In, in the IEEE, we, we keep the math simple and we just double it every time we update it, right? We, we laugh, but it's true. And that can go back to the creation where 25 gig was originally created again by a consortium and picked up by the IEEE. And we've gone in multiples of 25. You went to 25, we went to 50. There was this 40 gig thing, but hardly any but he used it because mm. that required four 10 gig certies versus two 25 gig certies, right? So it leapfrogged over it. Mm. We've had the 50 gig certies for a while, which for a 400 gig Ethernet makes a lot of sense. Mm. And again, use by eight as the maximum. And so now with 100 gig certies, we can go up to 800 gig. You'll see it not just in the backbone. I mean, it'll start showing up in the data centers, not the mm. rack to rack, but in connecting data centers and connecting chunks of the data centers potentially. But the first designs are those scary switches. I mean, if you can imagine, <laughs> You know, if you look at the announcements from some of the providers in this space, right, you're talking 56, 800 gig ports. Wow. Right? And so each port requires eight thirties. Right. So <laughs> staggering. It is, right? And these designs are not for the faint of heart. No. <laughs> these, are, these are serious designs. And even the simpler ones, right? The importance of having the pieces working together and tested together gets more and more important. If we think of, say, PCI Express Gen 5 or Gen 6 on a network interface card with high-speed Ethernet connection, not that 800 gig will be the first wave, but down the road, you'll certainly see applications for things like that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how it compares to previous technologies in terms of the reliability factor. 
And, and that's been one of the challenges, honestly. As we go faster and faster from a reliability point of view, the lines get noisier and noisier. As we're looking at 200 gig certies for the next generation, 1.6 terabit, the error correction is becoming very important because we also don't want to add a lot of latency. And people, hopefully people, it's not something you think about a lot unless you're designing with it. The error correction in an Ethernet receiver is a Reed Solomon FEC. And unfortunately, that has a pretty significant latency hit. And so as we go above 800 gig, we don't want to add a lot of latency. And so that's a, an ongoing topic right now. You know, the part of the reason I think these standards take so long to develop is we do check lots of different channel models mm -hmm. and looking at errors and making sure things are good, solid, and will interop interoperate together. IEEE standard 800 gig Ethernet should plug in and work to any anything Ethernet without a problem. You talked about a couple of the initial applications that we're seeing already for this in terms of the backbone of the internet and high-performance data centers. What are some of the other current market trends for 800G, and how do they relate to our ever-increasing appetite for high-performance computing and the growth of IoT? Yeah. So, you know, the first waves are going to be in the backbone and the data centers and things like that. As you push out towards the edge, bandwidth certainly is not as much. I mean, today, an edge device would be typical four 25 gig lanes for 100 gig. And it's collecting data and potentially handing it off. And it might be a power restriction. It might be when traffic is lower, trying to manage bandwidth that way. Mm -hmm. I think you'll see more data centers and 800 gig is clearly going to go into anything new. You might see it'll probably be a while but you know anything closer to the edge i think is 800 gig is not really going to be a significant player other sure. than the pipe to the edge mm -hmm. you know use a car as an example right because I, with ethernet we've been putting a lot of effort into automotive you're not going to see 800 gig in a, in a car right. anytime soon you have to think of how long does something really take Right? Yeah. And do you need to move it that fast? Because economics is one of the most important things. And an 800 gig Ethernet design is a lot more expensive than a gigabit Ethernet design, if you can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a gigabit will do a lot of what you need. Right. We can have all these things collecting all this data, and it's incredible the data that people want to collect, right? And we need the ability to get it to the data centers, but also process it, right? And AIs are a great example of that. I mean, clearly, look at what ChatGPD did to the internet, right? Yeah. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't log into it when it first got announced. You touched a little bit on industry standards. I know you've been very involved with IEEE work, and I'd love to get into a little more on that topic how industry standards have been playing a role in the adoption of 800G, and why does it matter for chip designers to ensure that they're meeting those standards? Uh, that's, that's a good question. So there, and there's two answers to that. So 800 gig Ethernet has actually been around for a while. There are, it was a standard created by the Ethernet Consortium. Daniel Kohler, who's an engineer at Synopsys, was very involved in the creation of it. And companies that own both ends of the connection more than met their requirements. Again, it also meets requirements because it's pretty close to what we're releasing mm -hmm. in the IEEE. So if you're building a data center and you own 
you know, all the pieces of it, then you can build off a proprietary or this wasn't even proprietary, but it was Ethernet that wasn't IEEE. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing, you know, that I tell people all the time, if it's not IEEE, it isn't Ethernet. (laughs) It's a great slogan. It's true though, right? Because if you go into your closet, and pull out some old Ethernet thing. And a lot of people, everything connects wirelessly and they don't even know it's there. And you plug it into an Ethernet port. If there's a driver for it, the thing will still work. Mm-hmm. And that could be true with 800 gig. Yeah. Right now, will, will it auto neg all the way down to some of the things you might pull out of your closet? Probably not. <laughs> Especially in my closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is, my electronic junk collection is pretty scary. <laughs> uh, I actually threw away 150 baud modem not that long ago. I, sh- I should have given it to a museum. I love it. So again, back to the original question, right? If you think of phone both ends of, the, of what you're hooking up to, then as long as you have something that you can design against and meets your requirements, then by gosh, go ahead and build it. But what if you're building something where you don't know what you're going to hook up to? It could be just a generic switch. It could be a network interface card, whatever. Uh, You need solid standards there that people stand behind. And I would argue that what the IEEE has done with Ethernet, this is a 30-plus-year-old standard Mm -hmm. that still works, and it's evolved to keep up with market requirements. Mm -hmm. So that's why you need standards developing in the future. And that's one of the really exciting things for 800 gig. People have been holding back. We've needed it. We need the bandwidth. There's no doubt about it. We need the bandwidth. The standards weren't done yet. And we were just, oh, hurry up and get it done. And we're there. We're almost there anyway. Yeah. So now that we've gotten standards in place, what are the next challenges for actually implementing 800G Ethernet-based designs? So the, I think the big big first challenge is building the chips. These are using 100 gig PAM 430s. You'll potentially build multiple instances of them. But just building the chips is a challenge. And that's one reason why an integrated solution is really important. You can solve some of the problems at more of a subsystem level than at the component level. Something that sounds simple like the clocking can get incredibly complex mm. if it's not dealt with up front. Not to overuse the phrase, but 800 gig Ethernet is not going to be for the faint of heart. <laughs> it today is running over a gigahertz clock to achieve it. And that's one of the challenges moving forward is not just don't keep doubling the clock, right? I mean, a a typical 800 gig Ethernet will be a 2x of an IEEE 400 gig, right? And a typical 400 gig is running about 800. 800. So for 800 gig, you're looking at 1.6 gig of a clock. Staggering. It's not just stuff that they can't be done. It's just not for the faint of heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you combine that with the geometries that these chips are being done at. I'm an RTL front-end guy, but they're building these chips out of 5 nanometers, and 3 nanometers. And that's got to introduce a whole host of problems. And it's one reason why we have a team, but Synopsys, that is trying to work on solving the whole problems and putting these subsystems together and putting ourselves in our customer's shoes to see, make sure we deliver what is needed so that they can build these next generation of chips. Yeah, when we talk about this kind of performance, it really puts all of the challenges in the networking space under such a microscope. And then, of course, we've got additional challenges on top of that that are inherent in the standard. How can a reliable, silicon-proofed IP accelerate 
closure, for lack of a better word, for designers in high-performance computing? Sure. So if we stick with 800 gig as an example, right, I mean, the, the magic is what happens inside the switch. Mm. The, fir- the first designs when a new standard comes out are almost always the switch. And there's multiple instances of CERTES, PCSs, and Macs. And by having, you know, well-designed IP that can be integrated on these chips that are probably going to be more area limited than what most designers could imagine <laughs> and letting the designers focus on what makes their chips special. And an ethernet switch is a great example of it because what goes on in a switch is forgive me, but it's black magic. Right, <laughs> And it is why I have a good friend who is a switch wizard and it's what they do is incredible. And you look at an 800 gig switch and again, imagine 50 plus ports of something up to 800 gig coming into these chips. So having a tightly integrated IP solution, you know, CERTI is a PCS and a Mac that can instantiate, you can do lay it out as needed to be, and you can focus on your solution is, is key in getting the chips done faster. And it also lets you, your lets you focus on the application. If you're not building something like a switch. That's, I love that image of the, that 50 port switch, like the amount of potential traffic is just mind-boggling. It is. And I've been deliberately not name-dropping, but go look up the Broadcom Tomahawk, right? It's one that you see, it gets used as an example all the time. I'm sure Marvell has their version of it, right? All the leading guys do, but these are just scary chips. Yeah. John, thank you so much for spending the time with us and giving us such a comprehensive overview of what we can expect from the 800G revolution that is nearly upon us. Oh, thanks. I've really enjoyed doing this, and hopefully we'll have an opportunity to do one again sometime in the future. There'll be plenty of bandwidth on the internet with 800 gig being deployed. No doubt about it. John, thank you again so much for joining us. We look forward to the next one. That brings another episode of EE Times Current to its end. Thank you for listening, and thanks to our guest, John Swanson from Synopsys. EE Times Current is available through the major podcast platforms, but if you get to us at our website at eetimes.com, you'll find a transcript along with direct links to the other stories we've mentioned, along with other resources. EE Times Current is produced by EE Times. It was engineered by Taylor Marvin at Coop Studios. The segment producer was Lady Maya Kane. I'm Eric Singer. Thanks for listening.